Welcome to the latest episode of Aerospace Radio Station Extended. They gave us all a bag, which was rather interesting, um, which had the programme of events, a bottle of water and a towel, which was in, in, actually embossed once an Earth Festival. The towel wow. was, of course, in case the grass was wet and you had to sit on damp grass. Wow, you don't get that here. You don't. Marks for the North Koreans. Uh, one of them, actually, when they flew, um, did a tail strike. In fact, the cover, if you look at the cover of the book, it's just about to touch down. About a second later, it did a tail strike. Extended, your aerospace radio station. Hello there, I'm Peter Johnson, and welcome to the latest episode of Aerospace Radio Station Extended. On our Journalists Roundtable discussion in episode 161, Rich Cooper mentioned the visit to North Korea. We wanted to find out more. And Rich introduced us to Jerry Manning, who was there. So let's find out about what it was like. Jerry, welcome to Extended. Good morning. Thank you for uh, having me on the, the station. Well, it was great to uh, get the introduction from Rich. He told us a little bit about this air show, which seems to have gone down in infamy around the aviation world. But before we talk about the show, can you tell us how it came about? How did this visit come about? Well- what happened was, one of the things is, I'm one of the tour managers for Ian Allen Aviation Tours. And I remember some years ago, we were just having well the annual tour managers meeting, and we were discussing places to perhaps go to. And I said, what about North Korea? And of course, everybody laughed at, who'd like to go to North Korea? Everybody put their hand up. And then we all laughed because it was as relevant as saying, shall we go to Jupiter next year? Because... It, you just couldn't go. Yeah. Then what happened was there was a company, um, Ju Tours, which is uh, what's the actual name? Yeah, Juge Tours, J U C H E Travel. They started doing um, trips for airline enthusiasts to fly in the North Korean fleet, uh, their Koru, because their fleet is almost exclusively Russian kit. Um, which is almost out of service everywhere else in the world. Um, and Ian Allen then probably joined one, you know, joined one of their trips. And uh, in fact, it was immediate success because I remember Graham Dinsdale, who run, organizes all the tours, um, saying to me, people have been ringing him saying, we want to go. And he says, I don't know the dates. I don't know the price yet. Doesn't matter. We're going. And so they ran a number of these tours, which were very successful for people flying around in assorted Russian airplanes. And then the guy who ran Jewish tours, uh, travel, um, 
obviously was getting on well with the North Koreans and said, why don't you have an air show? And they went, don't like the thought of all these foreigners, you know, running over one of our air bases. And he said, well, what about Wonsan? Because it's a complete airfield. It's a civil one. It's not used. You can bring in the airplanes. Um, And they went, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, isn't it? So they began to formulate it. Obviously, had a committee meetings or whatever they do there. And... um, Suddenly, there was an air show announced for 2016. Um, needless to say, that they'd invited uh, a number of the aviation tour companies to bring people. Uh, I think they were saying we want about 250 visitors. Um, I don't think they quite got that many, but there was a reasonable number. Um, and it was one of the ones I thought, I've got to go. I mean, I... Jerry, sorry. did sorry to interrupt you there. Was it just from Britain that they were no, no, encouraging? There were, there were um, people from basically all over. The one right. of the Dutch groups there. In fact, in the actual tours, um, they split the groups up into long tour, short tour, whatever. Our group were basically Brits. I think there was one Irish and two Japanese. Okay, so it, right. It basically, it was. They'd take anybody, more or less. And there were certainly some Americans out there as well. Right, okay. Um, So it it, it was organised to to have the air show. Um, And it was one I thought, I cannot miss this. Um, Even though I wasn't the tour manager, Glenn Stanley had been appointed tour manager. Um, But what the hell, you know, you get some good trips, you get, you know, well, there's no bad trips, but uh, you you can't win them all. Um, So it was organised to to go, um, to get there. Obviously, there's no direct flights in the UK to North Korea. So we went on Finnair, um, London to Helsinki, Helsinki to Beijing, um, because that's where the flights to North Korea go from, Beijing. Yeah. Um, And um, we didn't need a visa for China at the time because we weren't going to be there for over 72 hours. Okay, right, okay. So when we arrived in uh, Beijing, it was quite early in the morning, local time, so too early for it. So we promptly went to the the fantastic museum at Dart and Shan. Um, So let's just talk about arriving in Beijing. Was this the first time you'd been to China? Oh, no, it was about the fourth or fifth time. Right, okay. I, I first went in, when was it, 1987. Right. As a, basically as a tourist. And I'd done some, um, I'd done aviation tours there as tour manager and also a couple of trips as tour manager for a couple of the holiday companies. Okay. So I was, you know, well used to China. Well, not, you could never quite call me an old China hand, but uh, <laughs> I, I'd been there before. Okay, understood. Um, so it was then sort of obviously overnight in China and then the following morning, everybody. But you mentioned you just mentioned a museum. Sorry, I meant to ask what was what was that museum uh, that you went to? Class. It's one of the best in the world. Um, there are several hundred airplanes there of wow. every conceivable type. I mean, one of the weirdest, probably the standout star, perhaps is uh, remember the B, obviously you know the B twenty nine bomber from World yep. War II. Yeah. Um, a couple of them uh, ended up in Manchuria um, after being bombing Japan, and they ended up there. And the Russians, probably, this was so far ahead of anything the Russians had. 
they basically kept them, let the crews go, but kept the aeroplane and totally reversed engineering of every single bit of it. Um, this became the Tupolev Tu-4, which had the NATO reporting name of Bull. Um, they then passed a couple on to the Chinese, who then took the stage even further by putting turboprops on it and an AWACS dome. Wow. Wow. So that is one of the things you see in the museum. You're thinking, oh, my God, where did that come from? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's probably a couple of hundred aeroplanes, including uh, a number in uh, a tunnel dug under a hill, which okay. was probably <laughs> used for pr protection against a possible atomic attack in sort of uh, paranoid days. Yeah. Were, the, were, were any of those aircraft um, uh, particularly mentionable here? Well, the TU-4 was. Um, yeah. There's there's even um, there's a Canberra, a Spitfire, um, British, you know, sort of. They came from um, African countries. Okay. Um, there's basically it's a world class museum with everything. In fact, the, the the road leading to the tunnel has a line of about twenty or thirty um, Mig 15s. Wow. Um, it is sort of you know one of the best in the world, without a doubt. Right. Uh, and it's one where you don't think, we'll have a half an hour at the museum. No, you'll be there pretty well all day. Yeah. And are you allowed to take photos oh, and things yes, like that? Yes, It was totally you know, everything you, if it's there, photograph it. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's one to add to the list then. Oh, it, <laughs> yes, it what a What a stopover. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, you know, we don't like to waste time on trips and uh, <laughs> you, you, you do need plenty of time on it. Um, yeah. And this is a really, really good museum. Yeah. Uh, I've done museums, you know, quite a few around the world and it's certainly one of the top two or three in just okay. sheer numbers. And they're all out, most of them are outside as well in the sunshine. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. oh, yeah, the Dart and Shan Museum. Is we then overnighted at the, because having been up all night, basically on a flight from um, sort of Helsinki, we arrived at the uh, hotel, got, you know, had a freshen up. And then we had a meeting with the actual organisers of the tour about what to do and more importantly, what not to do. Um, right. Because if you're going to a country that is well, you know, shall we say, not renowned for being nice. Um, that, that's North Korea, that is. Um, you basically follow the rules. And what were those rules, Jerry? It's a fairly simple thing that you don't bring, you know, in other words, if somebody says, don't photograph that, you don't. Uh, if somebody said, don't go there, you don't. Um, you, they didn't want anybody to bring in um, things like pornography, um, they didn't want any religious artifacts. So Bibles were very much because you know, they, they don't like that because they have their own gods, which are the great leader, dear leader and current leader. Um, and also anything, any books about North Korea written in the West, which would be critical, really, of the state. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's sort of sensible things, really. That you, you know, you think, why would I take these things into a country yeah. um, that you know doesn't like these things? Yeah. So yes, they, they were um, the sort of things. But then, so that was easy. And then the following morning, um, the people gathered at the um, the 
check-in term for Air Coru, which is, of course, the only airline they have. Yeah. Um, and um, it was like, seat, seat, I always like an aisle seat. Can I have an aisle seat? No, we've given you that one. That's the one you're in. Okay, my sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, no ch- changes. It's not a long flight. It was only an hour 24 uh, minutes from Beijing to Pyongyang. And, of course, the nice thing is we were in a trouble off 204. Yeah, amazing. I uh, um, when I read the book, and we'll come back to the book um, shortly. I did have to confess, going to look that one up because mm. um, we don't get to see many of those in the West. Well, there's not many in the world because the poor airplanes suffered the fact that when it was it was designed as a replacement for the TU one five four, and while it was doing its sort of test flying and you know development and things like that in the early 1990s. Of course, in August 91, the, they had the coup in Moscow, which brought the downfall of Gorbachev, the rise of Yeltsin, and basically the end of the USSR. Um, so when, and of course, then all the independent republics of Russia um, became 15 independent countries, people like, obviously, Ukraine, Uzbekistan, could Kajakistan and well, lots of other stands. Um, they all sort of thought, well, we don't need Russian kit anymore. We can go and buy nice shiny Western stuff or lease them. So they did. So of course the TU two oh four became the well unwanted airplane. I'm sure yeah. it's perfectly reasonable, but when the airlines have a choice of that or getting um a Boeing or an Airbus, it was like no brainer for them. Yeah. So what was the two oh four like to fly on? Fine. It just it's just like any normal. It's it's it was the the actual one we were on was a two hundred. It was um, one one class, um, two hundred and fourteen seats um, in three and three across. So inside you wouldn't know what you were in, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, the cabin service was some drinks. I mean, people say you know they're a one star airline or Coru. Not true. They're as good as any of the other carriers you'd go. If you got on an EasyJet or a Ryanair or a Wiz or one of those sort of carriers, just the same sort of service. Okay. Um, same leg room, same sort of seats. So we arrived in Pyongyang, but that was only the, that wasn't the start of the trip. It was really, they then split the groups into, you were on the long tour or the short tour. Short tour was just the weekend. But I decided, and as did a number of people, if you're going that far, you know, let's go and see the country as well. Um, so they then just gave you a boarding pass for one of the, another aeroplane. Um, no seat allocation or name, just get on the plane and go up to one. And it was uh, Illusion Isle 62. So oh. it was like, we're doing well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> now they... they... They're definitely gone from the West now. Um, They're gone from practically everywhere. Yeah, quite common when I was younger, you know, like the 154, very smoky on their way in, um, steady Eddie, but nothing too spectacular about them. And then since there was no seat allocation, I I was one of the first on, so I thought I was like an aisle seat, so I was in seat 1B, which was the, I suppose, the, what you would call <laughs> yeah, first class. class. 
whether yeah. it's um, sort of petty bourgeoisie as opposed to workers and proletarian class, I don't know. But it was fine. And it was only, in fact, 20 minutes on the flight from wow. Pyongyang to uh, Wonsan. That's where we actually entered the country. In other words, the okay. the passport thing. So I picked, you know, sort of got off the plane and wandered into, I suppose, what you'd call customs immigrant, handed a couple of forms that were wanted. And there was the man with what sort of immigration. And he wanted my passport and um, phone. So I put them on and he said, luggage? And I said, still hasn't come through because the luggage basically was on either plane because the, the short group were on um, a TU-154. Okay. Um, and the other airplanes were on. So a lot of people were just staying out on the ramp, photographing the, the airliners arriving. Yeah, as one would. Yeah, as one Absolutely. would. Absolutely. But I yeah. thought, well, plenty of time to do all that. So I, I he then sort of said, wait. So went back to wait for my luggage. And I was looking over because he had my passport and phone. And um, he would, you know, after a few minutes, he'd look over and I'd look up and we'd sort of like shrug, you know, I like, get like, not yet. And you go, man, yeah, okay. And um, by the end, but it took about half an hour before my case eventually arrived, by which time we'd often sort of, you know, nodded to each other. We were almost friends. <laughs> and he was thorough, though, without a doubt, but didn't, didn't, didn't require to open the case or anything like that. Just accepted that what I had or whatever. Um, wasn't bothered about the contents of the camera bag because um, obviously a couple of you know, lens, you know uh, big cameras, lenses, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, we then I was then what you'd call uh, you know sort of uh, uh, you know um, landside waiting for the rest of the group. Um, these eventually all came through, and that's where we then met our actual guides. There were three of them. There were two two women and one one um, young man, and they were actual tour guides. They weren't sort of heavy security. And this is where they said to us, um, "This is where we're going to allocate your hotels." Because when we got to Wonsan, that's the point where we would be allocated the hotel. And we said, "Oh, which hotel were you in?" And they said, "You're in the kiddie camp." I went, "I'm sorry, I <laughs> the camp. Uh, we did." Uh, yep. Prater, what is the kiddie camp? And it turned out to be a, I suppose you'd call it um, a children's camp for sports, where they hothouse, obviously, talented kids. Um, so you've got Olympic-sized swimming pools, um, floodlit football pitches. Every imaginable sport could be had there. Obviously, when we got there, the kids had all been heaved out somewhere. Don't know where, didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I went up to, you know, got my, you know, allocated which room I was in, went up to it. Um, I had I'd chosen the single room option and opened the door and I had a choice of five single pink beds. <laughs> so I'm guessing it was uh, a girl's room in, yeah. uh, in normal use. But you could see also at the edge of the, um, as we're going down in the lift, on one of the floors, there's two women sitting there at a table, obviously keeping an eye on what goes on in each of the rooms. Is that on every floor? Uh, They they weren't on every floor, um, but you could see they were obviously... Yeah, keeping an eye on you. Um, It was then sort of uh, dump my case and go down and have something to eat. Um, Brief buffet thing. In fact, the interesting ones, you were given a tray 
um, not to put the food on, but to actually, well, to actually put the food on the tray. It was one of the ones you see in sort of like American prison films where it's stamped out and things go in thing. It was a simple buffet, but it was, I hadn't gone to North Korea for the food, but it was enough sort of thing. (laughs) Um, And then it was sort of, basically the day was more or less over. Um, it would, they did want us to go outside and wait and um, bow to the statue of great leader and dear leader with a bunch of children. And it okay. was like, mm, okay, right, mm, right. Not too impressed I have to do this, but it's like, yeah, okay, this is one of the things they want you, you to do. You have to do. You do, yeah, yeah you do it sort of thing. Um, how sort of sincere you were bowing to the great leader and dear leader – Different, you know, that's up to you. Um, then the next morning, it was like air show, air show. Um, so we went to the airport. The airport was brand new, absolutely unused, um, never been used for traffic because it'd been built almost as a ski resort airport. Because, of course, okay. you can go skiing in North Korea. Uh, well, they designed it for the Chinese market to do so. Um but it ne- never been used, so it was in excellent condition. Um, so we, to get in, we, we actually went through an or- ordinary airport security line, um, and th- that was because we went through the terminal and out onto the ramp where all the airliners that had arrived um, were parked. When we initially, nobody knew, of course, what um, fast jets were going to be there because nobody knew what was going to be the issue. For all we knew, it could have been a MiG flyover once at 5,000 feet, making one pass, yeah. and that would be it. They'd go, well, so you, you had no expectation as to what well, you were going to see? you had hopes, but no expectations, because you had no idea what they were going to do. However, when we were landing in the aisle 62, at the end of the runway were a number of sort of uh, airline sh- airport aircraft sheds, and you could see fast jets in them. So there was, there literally was a cheer from the plane, as there was, there were some fast jets on the airfield, um, and um, there was no actual static though, as such. Um, we then okay. went over to. They gave us all a bag, which was rather interesting, um, which had the program of events, a bottle of water, and a towel, which was in, in, actually embossed one San Air Festival. The towel was, of course, in case the grass was wet and you had to sit on damp grass. Wow, you don't get that here. You don't. So, you know, (laughs) what's for the North Koreans? And um, so we went over to the thing. Now, as you'd imagine, there's about 150 European, or so we say, visitors from the West. Um, Some of them obviously from, you know, all parts. And um, that's not really an air show crowd. 150 people, it looks a bit sparse. So they brought in about 15,000 locals just to sit there. And enjoy the show. (laughs) The day at work, you could see that there were uh, all the things, because you'd get a row of people in, say, white baseball hats, then there was a row of people in blue ones or yellow ones. In other words, they were all just allocated a hat and were sitting in rows. It was a nice day, so the sun shone. And they'd never been to an air show because they'd never had one in the country before. And there was, in fact, there was even a guy with an armband on with a clipboard. He was obviously sort of like crowd monitor 
or you know the, the local um, whatever he would be. He um, he would you know keeping an eye on the people, but they would just sat there happily watching what was going on. They then had speeches to begin in Korean and English, um, and then the air show began. It was interesting looking at the. It was also um, looking at the actual program. It says 10 a.m. to 12 uh, a.m. Opening ceremony, aviation skill display, and beer drinking. <laughs> that works for me <laughs> because it was a bit. It was all so a beer festival there. Oh, okay, right. I'm not, a, I, I'm not a drinker at all myself, but um, the the people who did try the beer said it was excellent. Yeah, beer and aeroplanes. What? What more can you ask for? Precisely. Did you know that the RP-3 rocket projectile, used to great effect by Hawker Typhoons in the tank-busting ground attack role, was originally conceived as an air-to-air weapon to attack Luftwaffe bomber streams? Did you also know that in the 1950s, an indigenous light aircraft built in the Philippines was skinned with woven bamboo matting? If your answers to the above are yes, you're probably a regular reader of The Aviation Historian, the quarterly journal, print and digital, that explores the less well-trodden paths of flying history. If your answers are no, visit theaviationhistorian.com and see what you're missing. So uh, tell us about some of these aeroplanes that you got to see. Well, I'm really excited. The, 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 the first aircraft off was, in fact, um, a takeoff from an IL-18. And you think, yo, classic prop liner. Wow. That's a, a nice thing. And it sort of took off, did a few circuits and round. And you think, that's a good start. Yeah. And then the next thing was um, suddenly there's a MiG-29 taxiing past us. Wow. From the end. And so they were alternating between civil and military. Um, so the MiG did a you know cracking display, um, as it would, Um and then the next thing, so they would continue on, you know, civil. Then there was like one of the, I think it was a T-134 or something, or the 154, then flew. Then there was um, one of the Sukhoi's, the uh, the Frogfoot, um, yeah. flew. Um, again, so it was, that was the sort of, policy. they had a solo display from um, one of the Hughes helicopters they have. Um, okay. How, how, how do Hughes helicopters get into North Korea? Uh, I think shall we say, it's straight out of a James Bond spy novel. Right. How, how they got them there. Um, there was a load of skullduggery. I think they were bought via somebody in Germany. I'm not sure of the story, but they have a lot of them, um, and they fly them. Where they get spurs from, haven't a clue. Um, it's one of those, you know, I don't think the Americans were best pleased to find their little manoeuvrable Hughes helicopters um, chugging around Vietnam, um, chugging around North Korea. The, um, they also had later uh, a team of four of them who did everything that would get them banned instantly at an air show. <laughs> flying towards the crowd, over the crowd, um, very tight formations. It was terrific. Loved it. Yeah. The, the crowd loved it as well. So let me just go back to some of those airliners and yeah. um, um, fast jets. I know this is a really silly question, but did it smell and sound like a Western air show? Um, it was the same. 
Yeah. It's the same. So basically, you're, you're standing in a nice sunny place. Um, the sun is behind you. Um, and there's airliners, you know, there's airliners or military jets because they were actually taking off um, from there as well. So they actually taxied past us to heading to the right and then took off from the right to left. Right. So you could okay. get, you know, take off shots, all sorts of things. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say, let's let's briefly um, mention the book. You wrote a book about um, this experience mm. um, and we'll tell people how to get a copy of this later. But for me, and I'm lucky, I, I, I've got a I got a copy. I devoured the photos in here yeah. um, purely and simply on the basis of seeing some of these um, some of these airliners I hadn't seen for a good few decades, like yeah. the, you know, you mentioned the, Thank you know, you. the the six the sixty two and the one five four and the one three four, and if nothing else, um, anyone who's listening to this who's got an interest in these aircraft, this is a great book um, for, for for showing some of that. So uh, I really really enjoyed it, and some of the photography you can notice those uh, md500s on some of their formation flights uh, pretty tight stuff absolutely yeah. so then it was 12 o'clock and time for lunch um where they, there was a buffet lunch for the visitors that was us um, yep. so we literally walked across the airfield to the terminal which was on the other side of the airfield and they were giving we got an excellent buffet lunch um and this came, we came. If this was two hour break in the flying program, twelve till two, and when we came out, the uh, the sun, of course, had moved around. Oh well, I, you know, sun doesn't move around. We move around. The Earth moves around. But you know, <laughs> yeah, get it, get it. Get it. But for, from a photography perspective, yeah. yeah. So it was like, mm, can we stay over this side because the sun is now behind us? And there was a little bit of room, cush can if you want. So we stayed over a lot of it. Well, obviously not everybody, but you could stay over that side where literally the taxiway, as the things like the IL-62 ta- flew for the in the afternoon, it was wide-angle lens as a taxi passed you. Wow. It was that close. Because the they're pretty noisy beasts as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, sort of noise. That's nice on aeroplanes. Yeah, yeah, These days they're not they're not so noisy. So yeah. uh, what a great experience. So, again, the, the afternoon was, again, um, aviation skill display and beer drinking, according to the, uh, the programme. Um, the, also, we had um, a, d- a couple of different ones. One of the, the three frogfoots flew together. Um, they came and also two MiG twenty nine uh, MiG twenty ones, which were quite a favourite because it was obviously it's a classic, um, and they in fact were flown by female pilots. Um, yeah, fact, Rich mentioned some of the female pilots to us, and we we featured a photo of them uh, in a previous episode. Um, yeah, the, the in fact on the following day because it was obviously a two day show. Um, they they arranged the actual fast jets to be a static show because um, they you you could fly, picture them taxiing around or flying, but they weren't actually just parked where you could walk up to them, uh, which they were on the Sunday morning. And then when the crews arrived, there was the obviously a couple of male pilots on the uh, I think the MiG twenty nine and the Frogfoot, the um, but there were two women flying the MiG. Well, obviously not together because uh, they want a single seater. Um, 
the the MiG twenty ones. The um, it was in, they were being mobbed by the local media, and uh, also most of the Western photographers thought, "Well, we'll take some pictures." Uh, one of them actually, when they flew, um, did a tail strike. In fact, the cover. If you look at the cover of the book, um, it's just about to touch down. Um, you know, a second about a second later, um, it did a tail strike. Yeah, I can see that now. I can see the angle that that, that yeah. it's coming down at. That unless she puts the nose down a bit, it's yeah. it's going to hit. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It did, it, it did an actual tail because I have seen a video of it actually. Um, you know, touching. And then right. the nose obviously slammed down. And um, think whether she got into trouble or not, or I don't know. I hope not. Okay. Uh, but then, yes, the, the the that was the thing. The morning had started quite well because, again, how hospitable they were. The, for example, there was an aisle seventy six, which was parked at one end of the airfield. So they we piled into one of the airport buses and they took us down to it, um, and it was obviously parked nicely for things. And one of the chaps I know, he does, he buys and he sells slides. So he wants, you know, the classic picture. Um, And there was a couple of cones in front of it, you know, traffic cones. And he said, could you move the cones? Yes, of course, they move the cones. And he looked again and sort of said, there's a car just at the front. Could you move the car? They did. Wow. It was, you know, sort of, Basically, instead of them saying "sod off," that's what you get. That's what it is. They they couldn't be more hospitable. So you could get the classic, absolutely full frame, side on, standard lens picture, Um, and you know that was great, sort of thing. A lot of the Sunday display was flying in for people flying in the airliners um, because. You could buy what, like a yeah, trip, like yeah, you could leisure buy, trips. You could buy a ride. Yeah, they they in fact looking aisle uh, eighteen was one hundred and fifty euros. Aisle sixty two two hundred and fifty euros. Um, that was the normal sort of what prices those sort of one hundred and fifty to two hundred two fifty. Um, right. In fact, one of the people on our group flew in every one. In fact, wow. at one point, he had to almost run off one aeroplane, sprint over, and jump on the next one because it was about to go. <laughs> the, um, the, 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 all, the, all the ones were available. The, the one thing I did slightly regret, in fact, do regret, you could also do parachute jumping. Um, mm. Now, if you'd done free fall, then you, ha- you could have a, you know, had to produce a certificate to say you'd done free fall, um, which obviously I've never done. But um, you could also do a tandem jump. And I was looking back later, even during the show, I thought, I should have done it. I should have done it. Because it would be a great line to shoot to people when you're talking to them about something. You go, did I ever tell you about the day I parachuted into North Korea? Yeah. <laughs> now, the most important question there, then, Jerry, is what yeah. was the aircraft that you were parachuting out of? A Mil Eight. Wow, but it, uh, that in itself, yeah, um, would have uh, been fabulous. Yeah, yeah. it was wow. just sort of like it would be a great line to say, you know, I parachute, and you obviously you don't need to say, you know, you wouldn't say it was an air show. You just give it, uh, you know, let people assume something. Yeah, it was. As though you were 
because in fact, I think one of the James Bond films, he actually surfs into North Korea. And you think, no, I parachuted into North Korea. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but going to an air show in North Korea is pretty impressive. Oh, it did. Well, (laughs) in its own right. Funny thing is, many years ago, I picked three countries uh, in the world to say, if I've been to those, I could say I was well-travelled. And there was North Korea, which I thought, never going to get there. Paraguay, because when did you last see anything on the news ever about Paraguay? And Mongolia, because it's almost like middle of it. I've only got Mongolia to go. <laughs> right. I, I, I do intend to get there. Um, so on the, the um, Sunday night after the air show, um, we were told, sort of, you know, lots of people are fl- flying, you know, done a nice day, uh, lots of flying for people to take pictures. You could wander about, very casual sort of thing, uh, day. Um, it was like there's a dance display in town. And I thought, okay, well, okay, well we're tourists. There'll be a stage and there'll be probably people doing, um, like, Korean folk dance, you know. Every country has its own national and folk dance sort of thing. So we arrived in the uh, town square. It's slightly different to what we expected. Um, The town square was floodlit, loudspeakers booming, and there was about 5,000 people doing ballroom dancing. Wow. Well, all together. Yeah, all dancing around together. Couples dancing. Every guy was dressed the same. Black trousers, white shirt, red tie, and they all have this little badge with great leader and dear leader on. Yeah, I noticed that in the book. Every person had that badge. That's right, yeah. yeah. Not current leader. There's no pictures or statues of current leader. It's it's only the um, his father and grandfather. Right, and okay. Presumably, eventually, they'll add him when he's... But it appears they, they, it's dead deities they prior to. But it was just surreal. Is it, which is the word we used so much on the trip, surreal that there was these 5,000-odd people doing ballroom dancing. And yeah. they were obviously thoroughly enjoying it. Um, there is a picture of it in the in the book. Of the, yeah, there uh, is, yeah. And it was just like, well, in fact, when we, when we were leaving, um, they all stopped and applauded us. Wow. Um, we then went to a reception in a very grand place, um, the remind me of sort of, you know, um, in marble halls, you know, where we had sort of the lots of booze and food. Um, and that was the end of basically the air show. Wow. Which was um, pretty impressive. Quite, quite amazing. But the, the visit didn't end there. You got, oh, to, no. you, got, you got to stay on a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. Um, uh, and I want to hear a little bit about the Victorious Liberation War Museum. Well, the interesting fact is, did you know they won? <laughs> I'm they, sitting in the West, so I suppose I can have a view. But uh, yeah. The, yeah. In fact, it was caused by American aggression. Not yeah. them invading the West, the, the South. Yeah, okay. It, it was basically one of the, obviously there's a number of airplanes that two sides of it. Uh, one side is the um, the Russian kit, you know, the Russian built kit, uh, which is a couple of MiG-15s. Um, and then there's a, there's a, what else? Just looking at the pictures in the, um, the book. Um, yeah, a couple of MiG-15s, um, um, a lag, um 
fighter, a lag, which one is it? Lag a, yeah, lag nine, and a yak nine, um, and also a yak eighteen trainer were were there. And at the other side of the the the, the compound um, were wreckage of American kit, um, sky raiders, um, yeah. horses, this sort of stuff. Um, there's also um, a Hughes uh, a Hill helicopter that had landed, um, obviously post a navigation mistake. Um, they eventually let the crew go, but they kept the aeroplane. But yeah. the other interesting fact is, if you remember the U, U, um, American spy ship, the Pueblo, um, it was arrested in about nine, late 60s, um, and they kept it. They kept the crew for about a year till the Americans apologised. Obviously, the Americans said they were in international waters and the Koreans said they weren't. You know, who's, who's right? I have no idea. Um, it was a spy ship. There's no, you know, nobody's denying that. And they've got it. In fact, one of the people mentioned that um, it's one of the oldest ships in the US Navy fleet because they haven't got it, so they can't pay it off. Yeah, yeah, it's not decommissioned yet, is it? Funny, funny stuff. What else did you see before you you, you came back then? Well, the first day, the first day was was a trip up to um, a place called Samajon in an Antonov twenty four, which was again nice. Wow! Um, and this was to go and pl- see a place called Mount Piku, um, which is very mystical in North Korean history. Supposed to be where um, great leader. Um, ran some of the guerrilla tactics against the Japanese invaders uh, right. who did occupy Korea for so long. And um, um, what was the Antonov 24 like to fly on? Uh, great. Nice, nice sort of, you know, lots of noise. Noisy, rattly. Yeah, noisy, um, reason, good seat pitch. Um, it wasn't a long, it was, well, 54 minutes, I can see on my notes, 54-minute flight. Um, when we landed Samuel, we were the only aeroplane on the ramp. Right, um, okay. Which was like, okay, yeah, so there's nothing else. So we go, oh, that was nice. Um, and then we took a bus to, think, as we climbed higher and higher. Um, in fact, interesting, it, it bit like the ground was... A, you could call it similar to say the Brecon Beacons, fairly open, you know, the sort of place. And then to get to the actual mound, there was a funicular railway to take you up the hill um, because you're a couple of thousand feet up. There's a large then crater lake there, and there was a house in the far distance, and it was in China because we are absolutely smack on the border. Yeah. Um, um, um was there a phys- is there a physical border there that you remember Jerry? Well, I think the, the we didn't actually get right up to where the border is. I think yeah. if you cross the lake you would be in China. Right, okay. We did I did notice at one point two sailors walking past and you think cuz we're in full you know like naval uniform and you're thinking hang on the you know where where have they parked their battleship? Um the Probably they're looking after patrol boats on the lake for people trying to escape over the border. Right. Um, to so pro- it's esp- escaping from North Korea into China is 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 certainly people do it. Wow. Um, okay. Obviously, the Chinese have a habit sometimes of sending people back, which yeah. is 
a bit, you know, that means no fun is going to happen to you for a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a fair, a pretty fair assessment um, of the culture there. So um, let's get back to aeroplanes and the trip then. <laughs> well, the 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 aeroplane, the rest of it was that the next few days was very much. Um, Tourism, you know, seeing things because some of the, for example, statues of great leader and dear leader in Pyongyang uh, were absolutely massive. Uh, in fact, sometimes you, you on in the book you can see the pictures and there's people on the, you know, the uh, members of the public on the fl- picture at the bottom of them, and you can see the size of them. Yeah, it's yeah. only then that you 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 realize that. So we then uh, left Samijon and flew down to Pyongyang, um, back in the Antwerp, Antonov twenty four, just over an hour and a quarter of the flight, um, and we arrived at Pyongyang, um, the which is the international obviously capital city international airport. Um, we were the only domestic flight on the board. And there was one other flight on the board, which was, I think, to Shenyang and China and back again. And that was it yeah. for the day. And, uh, and all the and, shops were open. And Jerry, just um, hmm. uh, a question on, uh, I'd never really thought of it, but the only flights in and out of North Korea then go via China, do they? Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, it's right. OK. Yeah, because it, it, certainly there were flights to, as I said, Beijing and Shenyang. How regular they are, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I have seen um, North Korean stuff at, where was it, Bangkok a long time oh, ago. OK. But they don't, I, I've not seen them in, you know, in quite a few years. And I was in Macau once and I looked at the arrivals board and one of the things was Air Koru and I thought, oh, oh great, great, great. And then it yeah. the thing it said cancelled. Oh, okay. So they don't, <laughs> I don't think they're, they're not regular sort of flights that you would say. So if they go to Shenyang, it might be daily. It might be just when they need to go. Right. Um, so they're not one you could um, think. I mind you, the first uh, Koru thing I ever saw was at Manchester. Oh, okay. Going right. back into the, I think it was the nineteen eighties, they, they had the World Student Games in Sheffield, and they brought in a team from uh, obviously North Korea uh, straight into Manchester in aisle sixty two. Okay, wow, wow, mm. wow! Uh, people knew about it, so need to say Manchester was busy that day with people or with their yeah, camera. <laughs> yeah, the runway's edge. Um, but listen, just before you uh, you left North Korea, you got to see some microlites as well, Me- North Korean microlites. What happened was that we were scheduled one day to go to the um, DMZ, you know, the demilitarized zone, which is very similar because you often see people photo- you know, photographing from the western side and these grim-looking North Koreans staring back at them. And that morning, we came down to sort of be told, can't go. Oh, why not? Can't say. Oh, okay. And we did find out later that um, the some soldier had done a bunk over the border. Um, so there was obviously skin and hair flying to, you know, whatever, because somebody had escaped. Um, so they put together, which was a rather excellent day, in fact, um, for us, we just they said hang around the hotel for another hour or two, so we did, um, and um, we were the first 
Western group ever to go to the Microlites. Um, their North Korean build, um, Kolbol is the name, but it translates to honeybee. Yeah. Um, they basically could take three people, but they said for the Westerners, we'll just take one in each. Yeah. The actual, it's a shortish runway, but the building was as smart as any fixed-based operator you'd get for private jets. Wow. Um, so a number of people went... One of the people was a little, um, shall we say, on the chubby side. So they said, no, you can't go. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So a number of people did go flying in, in them. Um, right. The rest of the day, we went to a park then, which was full of just the locals there in the park. And a lot of people were getting married. And they were the women in their wedding dresses and um, being photographed. Um, we then had a technology museum. Uh, which again had cars and rockets and all sorts of things in. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then the uh, later the early b b late afternoon there was a, a children's palace which was a show. Um, now since we hadn't we got excellent seats. Now since we hadn't planned to go there, obviously somebody got binned, and we got this nice row of seats. And the most obviously there were the kids doing all sorts of incredibly talented um but the the thing that impressed me was the the actual staging of the theater um for example at one point the wings just people just it just folded into the wings the stage moved and at the end uh normally when you you see a, this musical they will they will the, the conductor will sort of like ask the people in the orchestra pit to stand up so they can take applause no no need the whole pit rose. It was one of the best equipped theatres I've ever seen. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it unusual things like that where you've got such modern facilities? Yeah. But the flip side is you're flying on aircraft that are forty, fifty, yeah, yeah. years old. It's a, so, it's a real dichotomy, isn't it? Yeah. And then the the last thing of the the day there was uh, night photography, because we we've been round a couple of times coming back from meals and things like that and parts of Pyongyang are lit up at night so we said can we do some night photography it was like done it following day you got permission so we went yeah. out and did night photography wow. which was which was rather fine um it was it was pretty good the one of the other interesting flights was the um, there's a friendship exhibition um, of all the gifts given to the great leader and dear leader and current leader. So when somebody's delegation from somewhere, you know, the um, Aberystwyth branch of the Guild of Nimble Knitters turn up um, and they'll present them with anything sort of thing. All these things are um, on display. And the, the one annoying fact, this was one of the annoying fact, in it is um, an Illusion 14 that the wow. great leader flew around in, but it was in the museum, so no photography. Uh. That was that was annoying. <laughs> At least the, you got to see it, though. Oh yeah, the uh, but the thing is, I'm do, I'm currently doing some books on preserved aircraft, and that would most that would have gone in well. Yeah. That would have been in without a doubt. But then the, the way we were going so initially, we were told we were going in two mil seventeens great sort of thing um but the trouble was they said well there's only one available um so half can go on the bus and half can go on the mill 
And then we said, easy, what we'll do is swap around. You know, yeah. so, you know, so everybody gets a go in the mill. And it was a mill 17 with an Air Force, an Air Force one um, with a VIP interior. Wow. Um, the picture is in the book. Yeah, you've, you've got to buy the book to see that. It's quite unusual. To say the least. Uh, as somebody once sort of said, when they saw the picture, it says, it looks like my grandmother's caravan from about 1970. Yeah, 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 I think so. But again, it, flying on a Mil 17, I mean, yeah. come on, amazing. And again, it was sort of, you know, um, a full Air Force one. It wasn't just, um, you know, was, well, in fact, yeah, it was, you know, it was a bit good. And it was a flight, the back, flight back to Pyongyang uh, was 33 minutes in it. And we've chugged along at about seven, 700 metres. Wow. Um, so that was, you know, it was just, you know, like, yeah, flying a North Korean military aeroplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, time's starting to catch up on us, um, Jerry, but I don't want to go without asking you, I suppose, the the question to sum it up. Looking back on that, mm. uh, how, how did you feel about that whole experience? How, was it, how did it la- leave you? I the, One of the things I've found, because I'm a reasonably well-travelled person these days, um, the one thing you find in the world is that most people are quite nice. Wherever you are in the world, most people are quite nice. The governments, on the other hand, that's entirely different. Um, and uh, I, at no point did I feel any sort of pressure, uh, any sort of fear, doubt, or anything like that, thinking I'm in one of the most, well, what's the place called? The Hermit Kingdom. Um, and I don't feel any worry or anything. Um, our guides were actual guides. They weren't heavy security. Um, we weren't being, well, maybe we were being, I mean, one evening we were coming, we, we'd had a meal at a restaurant, not too far from the hotel. And we were walking back. Um, somebody said, where's the guides? We're still, they were still in the restaurant. Because yeah. they'd realised by that point, we were we were not going to go s- do something stupid. I mean, if I walked up to somebody in the street and said, you're not wor- living in the workers' paradise as you think you are, they wouldn't understand English. And if they did, you know, it's it's what, what are they going to do? Nothing. So it's a case of yeah. just follow the rules. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they was, in fact, one night we were coming. Back, we we asked them to sing um, a Korean song. We were coming back from somewhere, and um, they started singing a Korean song, and we, we all said, "Well, great!" And they then sort of said, "Can you, you know, sing a Western song?" So one of the guys started singing "Hey Jude." The Beatles <laughs> song. Right. Okay. Eventually, he uses the power of music. We were all doing the na 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 na, na you know, in Haiti, and you're thinking, this is you know, just people. Yeah, being um, people. Yeah. Being people. You know, the 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 system they lived in is awful. I mean, there was a poster up, um, and I said to one of, "What is that?" Because it was like a a worker, you know, sh- with the striking his fist, and there was a figure two hundred. Obviously, the rest of it was in Korean script. And you'd, they'd had a, a conference of the Workers' Party and decided they need more um, productivity 
So everybody had volunteered, volunteered, to yeah. do 200 extra days' work. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you're thinking, wow. ouch. So, you know, if you didn't volunteer. Yeah. You know, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And it's that sort of society you're thinking, you lucky how lucky we are to live in the West. Yeah, yeah. Well, your book, Jerry, North Korean Aviation, an eyewitness account, it's published by uh, Key Books, and we'll put a link to how people can buy that through the uh, show well, notes. Well, um, uh, definitely recommended, particularly for the pictures from um, the Saturday and Sunday. Um, we'll also put a link to that on the extended bookshop as well. Um, just a quick message before we send uh, before we sign off, um, for some of our regular listeners, you may have noticed we recently lost our key sponsor. We had some plans on this collaboration and we now need to put those on hold. If you've got a business that thinks it can benefit from our internationally acclaimed presence, then please do message us for a discussion on how we can get your product branding to thousands of aviation professionals and enthusiasts. And on that basis, we'd like to thank White Hearts, as well as the wider extended family of supporters, of course, including Mick Oakey at The Aviation Historian. You can find me at Nascot Hornet on Twitter, and you can find Tim, Gareth and Ellie on the extended Twitter, Facebook and Instagram feeds. If you want to get hold of Jerry, if you message us, we'll pass your details onwards to him um, but otherwise we'll put links to his book in the show notes that's it with the arrival of the music it's a very big thank you and goodbye from jerry a goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me peter johnson remember stay tuned to this frequency that is of course aerospace radio station extended legal policy and use of our material can be found on our website please do ask before using anything you hear the programs produced with a creative commons license please leave us a review wherever you play your podcast it genuinely helps grow our program and broaden its reach you can also review the program and leave us feedback on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to email us, our email address is getinvolved at aviationextended.co.uk. And remember, there's no E at the beginning of Extended. From across the globe, from the centre of aerospace, and now to you... The Royal Aeronautical Society is the world's only professional body dedicated to the entire aerospace community. Established in 1866 to further the art, science and engineering of aeronautics, the Society has remained at the forefront of developments in aerospace. Visit www.aerosociety.com Extend it! 
is XCP Media.